0: Welcome to My Limited View with me, Sergio Novoa, where we share stories and expand our views. We all all have have a story. story. What's What's yours? What's yours? All right, you guys, welcome back to My Limited View. My name is Sergio. I am your host. I have a very special guest coming in today who I actually met playing kickball. Welcome, Jacob Moda. Hey, Jacob.
1: Hey, Sergio. Thanks for having me tonight.
0: You are welcome. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, I, When you told me your story, I was fascinated by it, intrigued by it. And I thought, you know what? This is a story that needs to be told. So, Jacob, let's go back in time a little bit. You, How old were you when you got married?
1: I was 25. I was just about to turn 26. We got married um, four days before my 26th birthday. Wow. And
0: how long did you date this person, your wife?
1: We dated for... About six or seven months um, between the time that we were really talking to each other seriously every day and then to the time when we got married. So it was a very quick um, progression from dating to engagement to marriage.
0: How was it? How was it wedding night, getting married? What was that experience like? The
1: the entire experience was, was really... Uh, unique in so many ways because we were both from different faiths and so i was catholic and she was mormon and so for mormons to not get married you know outside of the temple it's very out of the normal for a mormon to do that and for a catholic to not get married inside the catholic church it's also a little outside of the norm So we had a a civil ceremony, kind of bringing in both religions. That we had um, uh, my priest, who I'd known for quite a number of years, and then the leader of her congregation. So they both married us jointly in a civil uh, ceremony, and it it was a great—you know—it was a really great day. Our families all came together. We had a really, you know, wonderful uh, wedding reception. Her dress was really special. Her mom uh, handmade her dress for her, and. So the whole, the day was was really really special and it was really great.
0: And religion is religion still a big factor for you? Is it really important, or was it just something you grew up in and you didn't question it?
1: More something I grew up with and didn't question it. Um, now it's a more of a I'm a you know twice a year type of Catholic.
0: <laughs> Fair weather Catholic. There we go. <laughs> I've interviewed a few people who were Mormons. That was not a pretty picture, but even with her being a Mormon, you're like, I'm going to marry her.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> she she was my best friend and and actually still continues to be my best friend. And so that, that was a deciding, really a big deciding factor. in. Nice. And how long were you guys married? We were married for 13 years and one day. We <laughs> always say add the one day because the Los Angeles County judicial system has a funny sense of humor that our divorce became final on the 8th of July, which is the day after our wedding anniversary. So we always say we were married for 13 years in one day. Wow.
0: 13 years. That is a big commitment. 13 years, considering you only knew each other for about six months.
1: Yeah. And then we knew, I mean, we knew each other a few months you know before that but really the serious dating it was yeah about at least yeah, about six or seven months and so it was a really it definitely was a short window
0: then you had no children no children did you ever try to have children together yes we did ah your doing or her desire a
1: little of both you know we tried um uh, naturally we tried um a couple of, of different methods we started the process for Um, IVF or even looking at adoption and sadly and and with so many couples that experience this the IVF was was very cost prohibitive and and with no guarantee that it would work and and adoption was also it wasn't so much the cost it was the convincing a 16 year old child that we would be you know the best um, fit to raise raise their child. And so um, we, we ultimately decided that at one point we were, we were happy and we were happy with the two of us. And we, we made that decision to not pursue having children anymore.
0: Wow. That it, it is quite a process to um, uh, adopt. And yeah, and like you said, the options are out there, but if they're cost per hit of it, but if I can't speak anymore, um, is it really an option, you know? Okay. So, but after 13 years, you're married, your marriage kind of, ended you guys went separate ways
1: yeah so we you know and and with every marriage we had we had good times and we had bad times and 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 again I say this that she was my best friend and she continues to be my best friend and and I I I loved her very much but ultimately I also came to realize that I I wasn't happy anymore you know and 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 I realized, too, that I was not necessarily in love with her, but I loved her, if that makes, if that makes sense. Towards the end, at least for me, the, the pressure of kind of knowing that I wasn't being honest with myself was just really affecting me, I think, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And it, it was just, it was really hard.
0: So you got married, but you knew deep down that you were gay. Yes, I did. Is that what ended the
1: marriage? I think for me it it was the door that ended it um, yes and and again, I, I say that with that we um I've known that I'm gay since I'm a little boy. I've known since you're supposed to know that I was different i've I've known since. You know, I'm five or six years old that I that I was different. I didn't know what to call it or how to address it. And I knew growing up and in middle school and and all the way through. But you grow up in Boise, Idaho, during the 1980s and 90s. And it was not a it was not an easy ride. And you, you grow up in the height of the AIDS epidemic, the AIDS pandemic. Uh, you grow up with you know ryan white and you grow up with all of these factors and you are also maybe you're bullied and picked on in high school because they've you know without understanding it that people had figured it out they had figured it out and and so kids can be can be cruel about that and so you just kind of for me at least you know the factors of growing up in a smaller town, a smaller community, that there was no one who represented me in in popular culture. You know, at, the, at that time, gay people were portrayed as either villains. They were portrayed as, um, you know, hairdressers, interior designers, or very flamboyant. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just it wasn't me, and it's not who I was, and so I didn't see myself also out there and then you you again you add on all the factors and so you decide to push it down and you go into college and you you just keep suppressing it and you meet an incredibly wonderful person and a very lovely person and she's interested in you and you you know you figure why not I can you know I can I can make this work I can live the lie yeah. And I've been doing it for long enough, so why not take the next step and get married?
0: So you're thinking 25 years old, I can't really be gay, it's not allowed, it's not accepted, and I'm were you hoping that by marrying her you would I don't know turn straight or become straight is that was that a hope when you married her?
1: I don't think it was a hope. I think it was I mean it, i knew that i was always gay and that i was always more attracted to men um but it, it was never hoped that i would be straight i think i i hoped that it, i could lock it away enough in a closet that it would never become it would never see the light of day
0: yeah and for the 13 years you were together <clears throat> were you able to lock it in the closet or did you have extracurricular activities with men on the side
1: Never with men on the side. No, I was, I was faithful. I think the only thing that I did was maybe um, realize that I could find um, in its infancy, you know, uh, adult websites. And, but other than that, no, no, there was never any extracurricular. The the power of the internet.
0: Obviously anyone listening would probably have a judgment and say why would he marry why would he do this to her knowing deep down that he was gay and what would you say to something like that if someone said that statement what would you say to them
1: that everybody is one we are all different and and then that's okay and my intent was was never to rob her of of any type of experience i was I, I was a very, I think, loving and a very attentive husband to, you know, her needs, to our needs as a couple. Um, you know, we, we had a fairly active um, sex life. We had, um, you know, we, you know, we celebrated birthdays and Christmases. So I never look at the time we spent together one is it's it was never wasted because we both we both grew up with each other too we you know we 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 experienced life and we experienced death and we experienced the whole range of emotions uh together and so it was never it was never my intent to rob her of anything that I knew that when I said I do that I was I was committed to her And I was, and I was committed to making, making it work. Um, but I knew deep down that I just, I wasn't quite, I wasn't very happy and I wasn't, and I knew that I wasn't being honest with myself and I knew that I wasn't living my full life. And, and I knew when I finally came to that realization several years in, I also realized too, that by me not being able to be honest and to live honestly and to live my, my true live as my true. I I was also taking away from what I was giving to her. And so by the time the marriage had ended, we, you know, we were in trouble. We had, we were, you know, we had, I don't want to say run its course, but it, it was, there was definitely kind of some, rough, really rough waters. And when we decided to separate, I saw that finally as a small crack uh, in the door opening or, you know, the door opening a small crack that I might be able to come out of this and to be honest at some point.
0: Did the marriage come apart because she figured out you were gay or because you told her you were gay?
1: No, like, like I had said, we were, we had, we were in some trouble. You know, we, the marriage had been in in a little bit of trouble for a little while so we decided to actually separate and so we separated we were separated for about a week and then she came back and she had um she asked me because she would and, and totally rightfully so she was trying to understand what was going on and and you know what was you know if we could try and fix this or salvage it and so she came to me and and remember and asked me if um, asked me a question and I remember thinking I know what you are she is going to ask me and if you want any chance of salvaging this relationship and this friendship you're going to have to be honest and you are going to have to find whatever strength is within you to be honest and so she asked me the question and and the way she put it was really cute she said I I don't want you to be offended, but I want to ask, is there a possibility that you might be a little gay? And at that point, I remember thinking, you can't laugh at that because we're in the middle of a very serious conversation. But I also remember thinking, damn it, if you want to continue this relationship, now is the time you have to be honest. And and I looked her straight in the eyes and said, yes, I am a gay man. And, And so... You know, there was a whole range of emotions right then and there, because for me, the weights had lifted off of my shoulders. It literally felt like 50 pounds of of weight lifted off my shoulder when I finally said the words out loud to somebody else for the first time.
0: That was the first time you had to set the words out loud, just being honest with yourself. Yes, I'm gay. Wow. So she had some suspicion because no one. W- wakes up and decides to ask their spouse if they're gay. So there must have been things along the way. did she see your browser history?
1: no, and and it wasn't necessarily the suspicion. I think that she was talking with her friends, and they were just kind of going through with what could the possible scenarios be? Uh, and so she had um, we had talked about it later on, and she said that she actually she never suspected. Oh, OK. And so it was kind of going through that process of elimination of, OK, what else what could really be going on here? What's what's going on? And and so um, so that's um, that's where we landed. <laughs> was, and during
0: that whole time, you did have an active sex life, right? Would you say you were having sex at least once a week, once a month?
1: I, I would say it was a pretty regular sex life. I mean, we would have we would have sex um, fairly, fairly regularly. Uh, at least a, uh, you know, a couple of times a month.
0: Okay. Um, For a married couple, that's a lot. (laughs) Oh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Rumor has it once people have been married for a while. They stop having sex. I don't know. I've never been married. Um, (laughs) Now, you know, again, anyone outside listening to this, how being a gay man, clearly what makes a a man, what men are drawn to about other men is way different than when, men are drawn to women. How was it for you having sex, knowing that maybe you would have preferred be a man?
1: It was challenging. It's probably the best way to describe it. Um, it was a lot of fantasizing about-
0: Matthew McConaughey. Um, about or any other man
1: <laughs> about any other man or um maybe our friends or um so no
0: relatives i hope
1: no, no okay it, you know you said idaho i so have, anything I have uh, you know i have some decorum of values or something
0: <laughs> you hear that people gay <laughs> people have decorum of values. darn it <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, as, as someone who predominantly sleeps with men, and it's been a while since I've kissed a girl, um, I did the thought of having sex with someone of a gender you're not drawn to, how challenging it must be. And it has nothing to do with the other person. It has nothing to do with them being attractive or not, or sexually desirable or not. It has to do with your genetic makeup. So when you finally said um, you were gay, how did she react to that? What was her immediate reaction?
1: There was, it was a lot of emotions because it, it was very emotional for both of us. It, like I said, it I finally was honest for once and for both of us, we knew definitely that the marriage was over at that point and that, you know, this was now 12 years of our life that, you know, we weren't going to be each other's person anymore. And... And so that was that was really hard, and, and readjusting to how we lived that life. But her emotion at that point was it was anger, um, and rightfully so. And I don't deny her of of that anger. Um, she was she was rightfully upset and angry. I I think she knew though that I did never I I didn't go into the marriage and intentionally built you know meaning to deceive her and but again it, it was anger it was frustration it was sadness it, it was a whole it was a whole range of emotions happening all at one time
0: and also by then you were 38 years old
1: well yes yes I was thank you for helping so, me math there
0: <laughs> look at me doing math on the spot what um, so, yeah, I mean, the world, uh, you know, that's a long time. Things have changed. And did part of you feel, re- obviously, you felt relieved, like, oh, my God, I finally said it 50 pounds of coming off my shoulder. What was it like entering the gay world? Because you hadn't really been part of the gay community prior to that. So you're 38 years old, recently divorced. Were you living in Idaho or were you living in California?
1: Well, I've been li- we were living in California. We lived in California through most of our uh, marriage. And... it it was challenging every it was it was challenging in so many ways because for one you the way we gay men date each other is vastly different than the way that we would date a woman and in some in many ways and then trying to figure out where do I belong? And and I'm not going to. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a, I'm a big. I'm a big gay man. Um, you can't see it, but on my T-shirt it says um, it says Daddy Bear on it. But
0: <laughs> when you say big, just to the audience because they don't have a visual on you. Um, when you say big, you're talking height, weight, width, like what's define big.
1: I am I am six feet tall and a little over four hundred pounds. So I am a I'm a really Big man. I think and the gay
0: community were referred to as a bear.
1: Yes, uh, Papa a- Bear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes, and as anyone who's been part of the gay community, you know the gay community has a lot of issues that it needs to deal with. But the other thing, and you mentioned this earlier, gay people don't have a blueprint when it comes to dating, and we try to date the way straight people date, and it's not necessarily the way it is. Um, I think a lot of things that people tend to overlook in the coming up process and what I mean people is straight people Um, and also for us gay people since there isn't a blueprint you know when you're a straight male or female and you're in junior high school and you have a crush on a boy or a girl you might experience your first kiss you might experience your first holding hands your first prom date dance whatever it is gay people don't have that privilege especially you know 40 years ago whenever it was so gay people are walking into this and we're so behind, you know, I came out when I was 20, the first time I kissed a guy, I was 20 years old. You know, if I would have had my first kiss at 14 and gone to a dance with the boy and held the boy's hand, all the things that you learn as a teenager, we gay people would have been able to learn, but we don't have that option. Nope. And I think there's this huge um, conflict when we try to date the way straight people date part is because we don't know any better and also there isn't a blueprint you know a lot of guys that I've dated in the past we ended up hooking up right away and I've done it where I didn't hook up until like the fifth date I've done it where I didn't have sex with them until two months into dating which is a very long time in the gay world especially between boys so I think that's another thing that people tend to overlook gay people don't have a blueprint when it comes to dating We also are way behind. I look at these kids who are coming out in junior high and they have such a sense of who they are. We are trying to figure this out and it's gonna take a while for us to really figure it out. And also apps have been thrown into the mix now, which are completely changing things. But the great thing, and you said it earlier, there was nothing, when I was looking out into the world and I had a sense that was something different about me, there was nothing for me to look at to say, oh, I am like this. You know, there was no Will and Grace. There weren't gay characters everywhere. They weren't gay, you know, now we have a gay rapper. You know, what a gay rapper singing a love song. That is insane. If you would have told little Sergio that this was gonna happen in his lifetime, I would have not believed you. And I think hopefully with the younger generation, they're starting to see examples of love, examples of monogamy, and, and again, monogamy is a huge topic in the gay community. Why do we need to adhere to a heteronormative way of being in a relationship? And I agree with that to a certain degree. I've never been in an open relationship, so I can't speak to them. I've been a guest in many open relationships. That's different. That's just making a cameo and bring up the ratings and then I leave. Um, but yes, I think that's, you know, when we come out the closet a lot of people take it so personally and they feel personally offended and they have all these thoughts and reactions and i wish they would stop to think how difficult was it for you to be living in the closet to play this character for so long because you felt that society would not accept you your religion your family the list is quite lengthy and I, I hope that when people hear this episode, they stop to think about that. They somehow take it personally, especially parents. They, they feel that they fail their children. No, you fail your children when you don't love your children. You know, but we don't have a blueprint. We don't know how to date. We're trying to navigate it. We've been told for so many years that gay sex is bad. I remember there was a lot of shame associated to me having sex with men. You know, yes, I enjoyed it and it was great, but. There was a lot of guilt and it took therapy. It took me self analyzing. It took me talking to other people to eventually shed myself of this guilt and the shame that was associated because all I ever heard the sex was bad. So if you're a straight person and you happen to be blessed with a gay child, keep these things in mind. You know, there is nothing to guide us a- along the way. And all we need is a little love and support. And can you imagine now you the age you are now, can you imagine? going to 25 year old jacob would you have allowed yourself to marry at 25 knowing everything you know about life now?
1: Oh absolutely not and and so much to to truly to truly unpack is what you what you said is absolutely true and when you come out at 38 years old and you never really dated to begin with and so you know you 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 are you fell in love with with this person, you were in love with this person, and you dated as a heterosexual man would. So there are there's very much a blueprint as to how you do that. But when you come out, there like you said, there is no blueprint for us on how we do this. And when you haven't, when you really one never did it to begin with, and didn't have a whole lot of experience dating even girls, the blueprint was you know, it was like a white paper at that point. I mean, it, it was, there was nothing there. And so you, you have to become one educated very quickly on the ins and outs of what, what the, you know, what the acronyms mean, what, you know, what certain types of people, you know, are, what, or else, you know, you could be very easily become, you know, someone's Pray, or you could become a victim to a variety of different things. There's, you know, things that you have to think about again, when you have been in a monogamous relationship, like, oh, I should should think about getting tested for STIs, or I should think about getting HIV tested again. Um, And this is, as a health, a person who works in the healthcare industry, this is one of the things that drives me more crazy than anything, than a lot of things, is the fact that in our medical records, There's nothing in those that allows for us to identify as LGBT as member of the LGBTQIA community, and and I don't say that to so that every time anyone sees me, they throw a party or a parade, which you know wouldn't be the worst thing.
0: That would be fun if they did. Oh, you know, I Jacob's
1: here.
0: (laughs) balloons, dancing people, go go boys.
1: I'm there. We go, but but and the other reality too is that when you when you grew up in the 1980s and nineties dating looked vastly different than it does in the mid two thousands, where, like you said, you have apps, you have, you know, and, and, and when you are a, a a bigger gay man too, it's also hard trying to figure out where you actually fit in within the community too. And one of the things for me, because I thought I thought, Oh, I'm going to come out. All of my gay friends will, you know, surround me. There'll be, I don't know, some kind of welcome basket with the jams and the, you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) You said a welcome basket. Here's some lube and some poppers. Go
1: at it. There we go. And (laughs) so
0: there's your welcome basket.
1: (laughs) But, you know, so there was, there was kind of none of that. And so you really had, you know, you really had to figure all of that out on your own. And at the same time, you're processing that your marriage has ended, that you are now single again, and that you have to go through this. And, and like you said, there was no, we didn't see it. And, and, you know, to all the haters out there who talk about, oh, I can't believe Target, you know, they promote pride or any of the other organizations or corporations that promote pride. And I'm not dumb. I know that they are marketing to LGBT people, but I can tell you though, at, if I were to have seen that as a younger person, that may have helped me not go down the path that I had gone down, yeah. and that may have helped me say, "Oh, wait, it will." You know what? Look, they're 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 a little bit more accepting, and I don't want to sound cliche, but it does it does get better. And even though I'm you know still single and still looking for. A relationship and, and still looking for a, a person to to cuddle up with and and to share my life with and my experience with I do know that it, it gets better you know yeah. a little bit every day and, you're
0: right I mean and I, I think hope. I think one of the things a lot of people do not realize is that yes we come out the closet that is just the first thing we then have to learn how to navigate you know and, and if you grew up in an environment where you felt ashamed of who you were or you grew up in a household where you were abused mentally, physically, or emotionally, you walking into the gay world where, you know, if you are good looking, if you have a nice body, if you happen to have a nice tool between your legs, these are all things that are admired, doors open for you easily. But when you don't fit that, you know, if you're not the cis white male presenting, it's a lot harder. It's the same as it is in the straight world as far as the pinnacle you know, at the top, you're going to see the good looking uh, individuals first, you know, if you have a nice smile, nice body, nice height, if you're masculine, I mean, there's so many things that go into it. So we walk in, not knowing what to expect. And we are confusing, enjoying ourselves sexually, because finally, we get to have sex. It's like, yes, I finally get to be with someone that I actually am attracted to. But with that comes a lot of um, shame and guilt. And that's a lot to navigate. Um, and I just, I wish that, and I hope that anyone listening to this episode could really factor that in. These are all the things we have to deal with the internal self-love that you have to develop. We, there's a lot of internalized homophobia in the gay community. And, you know, unless you seek help and you really talk to someone about this, it is very difficult. I ended my first serious relationship because of a lot of internalized homophobia. And here I was 26 years old in love with this individual. And the last thing I wanted to do was to break his heart. But through the relationship, I realized I had so many uh, hang-ups when it came to sex, when it came to pleasing someone uh, because all I ever heard it was bad. And I remember I had a thought and I remember thinking to myself, Sergio, why wouldn't you want to sexually want to please someone and make them feel good if you love them? There's nothing wrong with you performing oral sex on someone if you love them, if you want, you don't even have to love them, really, you just want to go to town on it, but at that time, that thought was insane to me, there was so much shame around sex, Um, and a lot of us have to deal with that, and I've had guests where their parents don't respond well, and, you know, we hear it all the time, and it's probably, it sounds like a broken record, but If you're walking into adulthood and you have the trauma of abandonment from your parents or neglect, um, you are walking in with such a huge deficit. And it wasn't until I went to therapy and really started to peel the onion, realizing how my upbringing was impacting my adult relationships so much. The people that I drew to me, the people I was drawn to. And it took a while, it took a really long time for me to have a sense of who I was. And even to this day, you know, I learned something new all the time. I'm like, darn it, this is still an issue. I thought I was over this. Um, so you pretty much are walking in, you have no experience, you know you're gay, but you still decide to get married because you're thinking, hey, here's someone who's paying attention to me. Here's someone that I genuinely like, I'm just gonna suppress this. Fast forward yeah. 13 years, We realized it's not so easy to do. And then you come out and now you're encountering at a 38 years old, the gay community in LA. This is not the gay community in Idaho, in LA, which is, you know, plucked eyebrows, pumped up lips. We go to the gym, tank tops, jock straps. Somehow that's like a universal outfit that people tend to wear. (laughs) Who knew that a a jock strap would be an outfit? Um, (laughs) And now you're navigating that. Yeah. And how is your relationship now? And does your ex-wife yeah. still live in California?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. She still lives in California. And, and she actually, um, she is remarried. And she married a wonderful man. And he's really, really great. Um, and she, in fact, it was so funny. She, her and I, after we separated, she moved, ironically, to West Hollywood. Or West Hollywood adjacent on on Melrose. And then I stayed in our apartment. And then a few years later, after she met her, her new husband, she liked where we were living before so much that she actually moved back into the building. So we were actually, we were neighbors (laughs) for quite a number of years. You got it. Um, And then going back to also something that you, you had said, one of the things that, that came to my mind was, you know, you come out at 38 and, and you've never, you, you, you know, you may have you may have fooled around in junior high or high school or whatever. But between there and, you know, between that time and, and coming out, you've never had a a spark of sexuality. And I'll never forget my first time um, that I was with a man. I and, and it was a random person and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And, and but aren't they, you, aren't they felt- all
0: random really, though?
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. But I remember feeling that immense spark and going, holy crap, I am truly a gay man. I enjoyed the touch of another man. I enjoyed being with him. And it was at that moment that I really also knew that, oh, well, you, wait a minute, you didn't just throw away 13 years of marriage that, no, you really are a gay man. And this is, this yeah. is where you belong. Yeah. And the other part too, was I'm an, I'm an older child. I'm the oldest child. And, and I, I was always a people pleaser too. So I never wanted people to be disappointed or anything like that. And after I came out, it, my family, they they had always been supportive um, throughout my life. And, but when I came out, I, I I did not experience any of the, you know, the hatred. I didn't experience so many of, you know, I didn't experience any of those, a lot of those stories that you hear so many kids having to go through that their parents disowned them, that their parents kicked them out. My parents were, my parents and my whole family were nothing but love and support. And, and it just, it breaks my heart that People still have to go through that, that their parents don't under, that their parents don't love their children for, for who they are and what they are. Believe you me, if, if we had a choice in being attracted to the, you know, attracted to men or going down the easier path of of being heteronormative and, you know, not having to deal with all the strife and the worry and the anxiety, you know. You would choose the easier path. Definitely. But it's not a choice. This is this is who we are. Yeah. And no, it's, so it's for very parents. True.
0: I remember when I was coming out and people saying the statement of a choice. And there was something I read or something someone told me. And and remember when I got this, this became my answer. I said, I do have a choice. Do I live my life or do I live your life? And and that was a huge thing for me to break away yeah. from that. <clears throat> I mean, I've no parents who claim to love their children and disown them and treat them less than when you compare them to their other siblings and will still praise the word of God and will still say they're Christians and will still say these things. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking your job was simply to love your child and protect it. You've done the opposite. It's like you want your child to be independent and to live an authentic life. And when they come out, you shut them off. Now, again, you were 38 when you came out, so no one was kicking you out of a house. But even then, you were fortunate that your family was supportive. You were already on your own. You were an adult. You were paying rent. You were like you were at you know the 16 year old that comes out. That's the one that who really struggles.
1: Absolutely, my my brother, God bless him. My brother has my my favorite response out of out of my entire out of the entire family. And when I told him. You know, and for some reason, when I came out to my, my parents, I knew my parents would be nothing but, but loving and supportive. My brother and, and I have three male, uh, three cousins who are also like my, my you know, second, third and, and fourth brothers. I was more nervous about telling them, I think, than anybody else. And so my brother, God bless him, he, his response to me was, what took you so long? we've known all along, we've been waiting on you. He said, you know, we've all had conversations about it. We've just been waiting for you to, for you to, to make that choice and come out.
0: So, yeah, you are very lucky. Um, When I came out, I was already living on my own. So I didn't have to come out to my family per se. I did have to come out to my martial arts instructor and he was like a father figure to me. So that was very difficult. Um, And the first two people I came out to had no clue. And I was like, I listened to Madonna obsessively really nothing along the way made you think I was potentially. And the first two people I came out to, I was like, Oh my God, I hope it's not going to be like this. Um, and even my instructor, um, that was a huge moment for me because when I finally told him, he said, okay, that's a lot of information. Let me think about it. And I'll get back to you. And I said, no, 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 there's nothing for you to think about. And I cannot believe that at 20, this is when I would, no, no. Was I 20 when I t- came out to him? No, I was a little bit older, I think, around that ballpark age, though. I remember saying to him, there's nothing for you to think about. I said, you're someone I respect, and I want you to know who I am. Nothing's going to change. We're not going to be in the car, and I'm going to say, oh, look at that guy. What an amazing ass. No, I don't do that in the straight world. I wouldn't do that in the gay world. You're like a father figure to me. But even then, and I'm so grateful, now looking back, that I stood my ground... And it wasn't a combative situation, but it was more like, there is nothing for you to think about. This is who I am. I'm just being authentic. And I'm letting you know, back then the word authentic was never used nowadays. It's like the word and you and your ex-wife are still good friends. You guys talk.
1: Oh, absolutely. She, like I said, she's still one of my, my best friends. I call her, you know, we, we chat often, um, you know, not in every day or anything like that, but we, we chat quite a bit still. And, and you know, we talk about just what's going on in our lives and, our dating world you know and and she she's one of my bigger fans that she's always rooting for me hoping that you know i'll find you know somebody that will make me truly happy and that i could share my life with and um and so no it's it, it was it was really good i mean it took us a little while to get back to that point where we were good friends i mean you know for a little while we weren't it wasn't great and it was hard to kind of be with her, be around her and, but for both of us. But, you know, again, as we worked on our relationship, we realized that, you know, we were friends before and that that's where we, that's where we need to be. And that's, that was a much better place for both of us to be, you know, than not being friends and not to have her as part of my life.
0: From the time you came out and the time you were, Okay with each other. What was that window? A year, a couple of months, a weekend?
1: Couple of months. I, you know, it it would, it would ebb and flow a little bit, but it was it was probably a couple of months, and then after that, it started getting much, it started getting much better. I think once we figured out, you know, getting through the initial pieces of the divorce and and getting all of that situated and squared away, and and realized that, you know, we were both okay that it started getting better.
0: Yeah, how long did it take from you coming out? Or Did you move out or did she move
1: out? She moved out.
0: How long was that period?
1: Um, I came out the very end of October. Um, just in time for Halloween?
0: So just gay. in time for Halloween. So gay of you. <laughs>
1: I've, you know, in all of my years of still being out, I've never once still made it to, to West Hollywood for Halloween. I'm hoping 2020 oh. year, 2022, the fortunes are in our favor and that there will be a Halloween celebration this year. Because I really
0: would Let like me tell to you, uh, I am hitting Halloween. I already know what I'm dressing up for Halloween. I decided this last weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If so, anything it's
1: anything better than last year's, it, you know, that's a lot to live up to.
0: Oh, wait till you see. This is going to require hours of preparation, but it is going to be phenomenal anyway. But yes, you need to head, you know, the great thing about being gay is Halloween, holidays, parties, having fun, dance music. I mean, what 40-year-olds do you know who know the lyrics to every Britney Spears song and choreography? Only gay men have that. <laughs> so there are definitely some perks to enjoy. Absolutely. Um, So good. Yeah, no, that's good. And, you know, and I wanted to interview you because when you first told me you were married for 13 years, I was like, homo say what? (laughs) What? You know, and I remember when I came out to my grandmother and I was 20 when I came out to her and she had a reaction because she's Catholic and judgmental. Um, And I said to her, look, I'm going to try this. If in 10 years time, I'm wrong, I'll be 30 years old. I'll still be married, marriage material. I will, if I, if I'm going down the wrong path, that's fine. But if I decide not to try that and I force myself to get married and I end up having children and 10 years time, there might be a house children. And I don't want that. I don't want that pressure on anyone. So I gave myself 10 years to practice this whole gay thing. See if it stuck. Um, It's been 28 years since then. So (laughs) I think it's sticking around. Um, and the other thing, too, that I do find, I find the younger generation to be so lucky in this regard, there are so many options now that you can fit, you know, non-binary, that, what the hell was that, that meant nothing to us when we were kids, you know, and also in the 80s and 90s, like you said, there was the HIV AIDS stigma, you know, the images you saw of gay men with the skin tags, and that the definitely looked like zombies, it wasn't pretty so fear was a huge yeah. thing that Oh, you know, sex is going to kill you, and now there's PrEP, which prevents the spread of HIV in 99.99% of cases. So, gay men are finally enjoying sex without the "Oh my God, this is a death sentence." And just that curve alone, from what 2013, 2014, when PrEP was introduced, till now, it's you know, people feel so liberated. So there's a huge learning curve, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us and. Anyone listening to this, I hope that if you've ever had to walk in these shoes, uh, meaning you were married to someone who eventually came out, you know, I think we lack empathy sometimes and we forget what it's like for the other person to make these decisions. Nowadays, it's so much easier. God, it's so much easier for people to come out. You can look and there's representation somewhere. Is it enough? No, we still need more representation matters so much and when you can look out in the world and you can see yourself it does wonders to your self-esteem your contribution to the world and just you as a human being so all of that those are all good things like we're making progress there's still work to do um now we're going to get to rapid fire questions you don't know these questions i didn't tell you don't overthink it say whatever comes to mind and I'll make fun of you.
1: <laughs> of course. So it's just like any other Sunday with us. Then.
0: Like any other Sunday. <laughs> there we go. What's one thing you want to improve about yourself?
1: Physical appearance.
0: Physical appearance. Okay. If you, get, if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be?
1: Um, hateful, uh, being hateful.
0: What do you wish people knew about you that they don't?
1: That I'm not as boisterous as I seem when you first meet me that I'm actually pretty shy and reserved
0: liar um (laughs) uh, finish this sentence I feel most insecure when
1: I am in a room of 20 something hot looking gay men
0: finish this sentence I feel confident when
1: I I feel confident when I look good in the outfit that I'm wearing actually
0: nice what's your definition of love
1: um, I I would say it's being able to look at your person and you know, whether they're slurping up ranch or you know, we're eating at fine dining, but you look at them and, and pure joy and bliss comes over it, knowing that there's going to be good times and bad times, but you're you're experiencing it together as a as a couple and that they reciprocate you know, this, the feeling of joy and, and bliss um, back to you.
0: Nice. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why?
1: I would love to go um, explore more of Europe, um, uh, like more of Europe and just, just see the culture and everything that comes out of Europe because it's so rich and, and beautiful.
0: Mm. Your happy song is?
1: This you should have prepped before. <laughs> My happy song. It's something by Pink. Um And there's so many to choose from from pink uh, that I'm not sure which one exactly is my happy song. But my happy song that I love, that I will crank up the music every time for is Vogue by Madonna.
0: Of course, classic. If I Could
1: Turn Back Time by Cher.
0: Yes. You're gay. If there was any doubt you were gay, you are a homosexual.
1: (laughs) Girl. Cher's costume and if I could turn back time. Ugh. Fabulous. Totally I, flawless.
0: I, I have that in a small.
1: Um, <laughs> I think I saw something. You wear something <laughs> like that. Last Actually, Halloween. You know
0: what? Now that you're thinking, now that I'm thinking about it, yes, my Halloween costume was a little, it wasn't intentional, but now that I'm putting it together, it did have a share-esque <laughs> if I could turn back time. Strategically placed leathers <laughs> pieces. <laughs>
1: Funhouse. That's that's one of that's oh one of the God. songs. So it's funny
0: Pink. you picked that song. Uh, the album for me, since you mentioned Pink, Misunderstood. That song, yes. that album was therapy for me. Lonely Girl, Numb, 18 Wheeler, just like mm-hmm. a pill. I mean, let me tell you, uh yeah. that was therapy for me. Therapy. What would you tell your 15-year-old Jacob?
1: It will get better. The darkness that you see surrounding you right now won't be there. You may not be, you may not be married um, when you're 46, but it it gets better. It really does. And hold on.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for doing the uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope that anyone who hears this story can develop some empathy for the journey that gay people go through, especially when they choose to go against what they inherently know is good for them because they don't feel they have another outlet. And that's a really big thing. And and if you're a parent and you have a gay child, a non-binary child, a transgender child, whatever it is, uh, just know that for us to say those words, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And it is so difficult. The internal struggle demons that we have to then fight, uh, overcome, it's so lengthy that without the love and support of your friends and your family, that journey becomes so much harder and which is why the uh, gay teen suicide rate is as high as it is, which is why sometimes gay people turn to drugs because they need something to numb the hurt and the pain. So just kind of keep that empathy. Keep that in mind when your child, your neighbor, your coworker comes out to you. That's it for now. And I will put your social media so you can get a bunch of dick pics um, (laughs) on (laughs) on the podcast so people can get a hold of you if they have any questions or maybe they're experiencing what you're experiencing and know that they're not alone or if you like big papa bear type of men jacob moda is your man um (laughs) all right that's that's it for now thank you so much again jacob see you next time we We all have a story story. What's 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 yours what's yours